Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast on a fantastic week for Stoke City Football Club. As always, I'm joined by Mark from Stuttgart. Hi. It's a bit, bit disgruntled, that was you right? I don't know, I felt like I had some throat that was Well, we can't, can't moan it this week at all, it's been a fantastic week. Yeah, it's been great. Um, it's been nice to be a Stoke fan again. It has, I, I can't be any prouder than have been this week. Mm, Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. fantastic. And that's what we'll basically go straight into. Well, first, we'll go into a Monday night kickoff. Stoke versus West Brom. It yeah. ended 1 0. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I, th- I think before the game, I wasn't overly optimistic because West Brom were obviously top of the table. Yeah, I wasn't um, confident at all. I wasn't. I mean, I was at work and I had to listen to sort of little tiny speaker in my headphone listening to that. I mean, the only, th- the only thing, the only positive thing I thought going into it was the fact that they have come into a bit of a wobble of, of late. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, thought, yeah. well, in fairness, we've gradually been getting better and better every week. So I just thought maybe if we go in, try and shut up shop, we could try and nick something. But it's, it's West Brom, isn't it? It's, it's, in a way, it's the old enemy, isn't yeah, but it? we always beat West Brom. Until <laughs> recently. Until recently, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the game, like I say, I was at work, I was listening to a speaker with a Vale fan next to me and a Liverpool, beautiful Liverpool fan called, still called Aragon, by the way, if anyone's still interested. <laughs> and it, it was fantastic, I was there running round going, yes, even the boss was going, Ian, calm down. I was like, no, no, we're winning one nil. come on. And it, yeah, and it was it was great to listen to, I mean, I... We, I mean, getting into it, we, we were we were solid from beginning to end. Yeah, I mean, I had the the pleasure of watching it. Um, I mean, we'll go into the goal because obviously it was early doors. Um, it was uh, a great over the top ball, really, from Powell. I think it's got a little bit lucky because uh, Al Ghazi sort of kicked it straight at him. Yeah, it rebounded off him, which gave Ince a chance for the cross, but. At the end of the day, he's still got to get it in the right position, and yeah. he made it quite easy for Tyrese, really, in the end. Well, I mean, we've had a question about him, uh, Tom Ince, and basically asking, is Tom Ince a, a changed man in the last couple of games? And I'd have to, I'd have to say yes to that question. I think yeah. he, I think he's, he's been brilliant the last couple of games. He's been tracking back, he's been working, and he hasn't been added on the pitch. I mean, I, before I was very very judgmental, but it was that he was not a good player and he, wasn't, he was out of his depth or whatever, but... I can't knock him in the last two games. He's really been putting a shift in, and it seems to me like that getting dropped has sort of spurred him on. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think collectively across the board, a lot of players at Stoke City. I don't know what Michael O'Neill said to him, but he is changing the way people are thinking at Stoke. Oh, Torrance had something to say about Michael O'Neill's tactics and views. Yeah, it? well, he's, he's he's already come out and said, Auntie, that the the club are moving in the right direction. It's, it's something that Alan's uttered as well, and it's saying that they're not looking down. They're looking forwards, um, and we're looking forwards, and we're looking more of a unit. And I think that sort of brings us back to the West Brom game because defensively. There was times during that game where we didn't touch the ball for long periods because at the end of the day, in reality, you are playing top of the table. Regardless of where Stoke are, yeah, they're there they're for a good a side. Yeah. They're there for a reason. It doesn't matter what, what form they've been in recently. Yeah, they're still, they, they're still going to play well. They're, 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 they're a good side. Yeah. They've, they've sport well. They've got good players already on the boots, good experience, good youngsters that fly around. They've got a good side. But I just got the feeling on Monday that it was one of them, well, come and try and break us down. Mm. 
Because you won't. It, it looked confident. It looked yeah. confident all game. Ever. I was listening to Boots Radio Stoke at the time, and they said they, they don't. They just don't look like conceding goal. Jack Jack looks looks a bit like his old back goal, old self, old self yeah. again. And I think to be honest, the defensive characteristics in the West Brom game. I'm, I'm very comfortable now with especially Danny Bat. He's, he's somehow turned into a I'm, I'm still scratching my head. Just the performance on Monday was one of the best defensive performances I've seen at Stoke for some time. Well, we're going to have to eat humble pie on Danny Bat, aren't we? Because we said he, his career's over. But yeah, we haven't got a clue about football. No, no, we're, we're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think we judge people too quick. Give them two games. What the hell's there? But I'll, I'll, take, I'll, he, I'll take it back. I'll he eat put his pie. body on the line. He's clear, he was clearing it here, there and everywhere. He was, he was fantastic. We've got a question here about him as well, saying that Danny Bat, is he there? Is he the centre back and captain that we need at the moment with Ryan Shawcross's injury? And I'd have to go at yes. this moment in time, yeah. Because we we don't know how Ryan's going to come back. We don't know if he's going to be brilliant here, back to his old self, or is it because he's come back twice now and had niggly problems? I mean, for me, he's been rushed back. But the good confidence booster now is we've got Nathan Collins, we've got Liam Lindsay, who's, who are both young lads. They aren't, well, Collins is definitely a young lad, but Liam Lindsay's only 24. So. It might be that we we don't need Ryan anymore. It's, it's, it comes back to the structure again. A lot of players, I see it with Bat when he first come. He was out of position a lot of times and try and cut, pick up pieces where other people have made mistakes. And I don't see that anymore. Everyone's a little bit more grounded. And each person, we've got 11 men out there. They've all got our job to do, which O'Neill's obviously stated, that's your job and that's what you're going to do. And they're all sticking to it. We've got a game plan and it's not wavering anywhere. So, yeah. to me, it's working. So, we'll cover the goal now. It was an eighth-minute strike, wasn't it, from Tyrese Campbell? Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's a great ball over the top. We know Powell's got it in him when he wants to. Um, yeah, yeah Ince, he has. goes flying down. I mean, he, he, he really was motoring. And then Al Ghazi tries Cleary to the right, but it sort of comes back offence. Then goes he rolls back in front of him, which gives him a chance for sort of crossing. Yeah, I mean the fact is that we we could sit here all day long and go, yeah, there's a lot of luck in what happened with the goal. Well, the breakaway for the goal, but he's still got a lot to do. He's still got run down the wing. He's still got to put the ball in where Campbell is. And we've got a question here about Tyrus Campbell. Do you think he can be the main leading man? Yeah, yeah. What I what I can see this is probably the only slight negative I will say tonight is. Out of the other strikers, to me, is the best best striker we've got. On the I think he is without a question yeah. of a doubt. I yeah. mean, his finishing is fantastic, yeah. and he's get he's growing he's more. He's taking his chances as yeah. well, and that's the difference. Yeah, his when confidence. You, when you take taking your chances, you've got a lad there. Uh, you've only got to look at some of the goals he scored in in recent weeks. I mean, if you're chipping the goalkeeper from outside the area, you're not a lad short on confidence. Yeah. And the thing is, O'Neill's come in. And there's one or two lads who were short on confidence who are, are not anymore, who are come, who've come in and they look like new signings, and that's why I genuinely believe that we haven't seen a great lot of action in the in the transfer window because he's got some of these players firing again. And, yeah, and they, they, the they, they, some of them look a completely different different set of lads. They yeah. really do. Um, so we're going to the second half now. Well, I, I mean, there was there was. There was large periods, mate, where we were chasing the game. Which is which is no one doubt. Yeah. We're, we're fourth bottom at the time. Well, still we're then. Um, you, you can't really blame 
as City back and defending. They're going to go for it, aren't they? The top of the league, they've got to. Especially with the, with the poor, poor performances of Leeds of late. Yeah. It just means they've got a chance of pushing on. So for Stoke to go there and perform as they did, yeah, you have I to mean, give to them be credit. honest, sometimes when we've gone away from home and, and, and we've gone in front, and I've seen Stoke hang on and big time hang on, and I never really thought that Monday. As much as they had a lot of the ball, I don't really think they did anything too. They had one or two decent chances towards the, the very end, but I just thought every time they, they were very wooden. Every time they got the ball, it was like well, you could see crossing, them getting, crossing, getting frustrated crossing. as well. They, yeah, they getting frustrated, and we know how, how badly they got frustrated with a, a stray elbow. That come at a strange t- that time in the game. They were twenty-eight minutes, really. I mean. At the end of the day, I think if VAR had seen that, if it was a Premier League get game... Get VAR in. Let's get it in the Championship. It, well, I mean, it's, it's come out this week that he's been given a three-match ban for the elbow. Well, which is deserving as well. Um, it's disgusting behaviour. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Alan, he's not one for go down too easily, really. He's a tough no, character. No. and The thing is, he's gone down and he's caught, He's obviously caught him in the eye. So, um, I mean, another thing that I think, especially around the goal time... As Dan Garner had come back in for West Brom and I think he's been injured for a few weeks and he's, he's one of their better players and they lost him after three minutes he went straight back off again yeah, that, that's and he won't long after they were that's somebody back because since he's been injured their form yeah. has dwindled he, he's a very important player but it changes them. structure doesn't it so early in the game if the, you've got to think like Slavin Bilic should probably set the team up at the beginning and said however he wanted his team to play in the game plan and then straight away one of his better players one of his best players is taken out the whole game plan changes but straight that, away that's what I'm liking what Michael O'Neill's doing compared to that like West Brom they lose him their team falls apart and can't, can't scrape wins yeah. but with Stoke there doesn't seem to be one player that's shining and being that one link up man yeah. so for me that's very impressive that we're looking solid but we're also looking like we can guess at the moment we still aren't creating enough chances for my liking especially the West Brom game but we didn't need to because we were away from we were away at home top of the league we, a top of the league team yeah. even though they're out of form but we took his chances well and Tyrese Campbell took it yeah. as simple as that it was a great result so we'll then move into some other great news that happened this week and that was Tyrese Campbell signing a four year contract yeah I mean it's obviously we were a little bit worried before I, that, I, thought, with I, the thought, he, well. I thought he was gone hard yeah. I, I honestly folks a few players have done it and they've gone to Celtic, the level of Celtic, played in chat the European Cup for maybe a couple of years. Yeah. Impressed and then and then sidestepped into the Premier League at a lesser club and then moved up. Yeah. But for him to sign, I have to give credit to Tony Scholes. I have to give him all the credit in the world for this because it's a it's a big thing for Stoke now to get a comp player like that to To be honest, I think he'd have got lunched if he had to sign. I think I, 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 well, I said him to on the last the last podcast that if he doesn't get him signed, I'm hunting for his head. I think the worst thing was for Stoke fans was um, <coughs> the press. There was there was a lot a lot of rubbish out there, um, people saying that Stoke had offered him a contract two weeks ago. Tari's turning around saying they haven't when he hadn't said anything. Well, there was a lot of rubbish in the press. a lot of rubbish on there. I mean, there was a lot of rubbish in the press saying that Tari's Campbell had actually said to a friend that he was looking forward to play for Rangers and Stephen Gerrard, but then he's come out straight away in the contract when he on the interview with Stoke actual online page that. It's rubbish. It's yeah. absolute rubbish. He yeah. was always going to sign for Stoke. He was. He went up to listen and see what they had to say. But 
Michael O'Neill is it's not just turning people around, he's he's getting people confidence again, he's getting people happy and wanting to yeah. play for the club. Well he's already come out this week, has he, and said that um he w- O'Neill was one of the reasons he stayed. Yeah. Um which says a lot about the man really because McLean's come out and, and said a lot of good things about him. It seems to me he's galvanised the squad and they're all one now. And as far as I'm concerned, I do not see us going down in whatsoever. Oh, to be honest, I'm looking the other way now. Yeah, yeah. I, I know it might be too early to say, and I think people are going to be laughing at me, but I think if we carry on the way we're going, there is a small possibility of scraping into them playoffs. We're not that far away. No, I mean, the thing is, I think a lot of, a lot of fans, if we say, say we do have a great run now to the end of the season, and maybe we finish, say we finish 10th, as far as I'm concerned, that's a great achievement, man. Where we were a couple of months ago, we the thing is, we were looking at it before Christmas, sitting here, saying, we are down, end of discussion, we're yeah. going. And the thing is, I know sometimes managers come in and they, and they can improve things, but he's not just improved us, he's, we're like a different a different club. It, well, it is. The positivity around the, around the place now is, it's night and day compared to, I mean, at the end of the day, we're sitting here at the end of January, only a month ago we were worried that we were going to be playing League One football now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's just, to me, I just don't see it. It's a fantastic turnaround, it really yeah. has. So we'll go now into the the match on Saturday. Another great day, another great day. Another great day. For me, I, I was up in the stands and I couldn't believe the absolute difference in the way we were playing because we, we weren't going backwards, we weren't passing the ball backwards. I mean, they come on then. This one's the first first ten fifteen minutes. They were they looked really really dangerous on the break. Yeah, they had um, they had pacey wing backs, and you yeah, could, you could you could see them breaking quickly. But I I got the feeling with Stoke is I think O'Neill had already seen that was going to be the case and said to him, let them come at you, because the thing is they come at Stoke and don't get me wrong they had a great chance at the early doors. Well, that's what I was going um, I was going to say that, that it could have been a quick a quick learning curve and a quick difference if, if Jack Butler didn't pull one of the Great best saves save. out that was yeah. fantastic because he's had a lot of stick off me he's had a lot of stick off the Stoke fans but that was a, that a, was a game save. for me a game changing save yeah. that is if he didn't save that they would have won that game because they, they would have pushed they calmed down as soon as they knew they couldn't break us down come off and they got in. frustrated they got dead frustrated they slowed right down and then I noticed we were getting more into the game and the, the further the off went on, I thought we started having chances. Klukas had a great chance, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But didn't really get much power on it. But we, we just started to open them up a little bit. And I thought if we can if we can carry on the same the same vein in the second half, we could be in for a good game. But you're looking at another team who were in the top six yeah. before on Saturday, and, yeah. and you're thinking, well, this this to me is more impressive than West Brom because I mean people can say, oh well, West Brom are top. And we, we beat him at their place, but they were out of form. So, but yeah. I'm not taking any credit away from Stoke. We played incredibly defensively. We were a fantastic performance. But against Swansea, we completely outplayed them. And right from the early early breakthroughs, because we, we didn't have Campbell, no. who, who we think's our talisman at this point. He got us the win against West Brom, and not to have him to Saturday. We thought, oh god, this this could be. I think it could have been more clear cut. Mm, could have been. I, I think, think, I think we had the chances. Place, we had, we had the chances. I mean, yeah. but what the biggest difference that I noticed on Saturday compared to Millwall was Millwall. The midfield, like Vokes, was completely isolated. There was nobody yeah. near him. 
Yesterday, I saw a major difference in the way they played yesterday. The midfield were getting up the pitch and, and they were helping the forward yeah. line. And that's how we scored. Yeah. Because we were breaking, we were, chances were being created because the midfield, Klukas and Allen, were breaking up the pitch. They weren't sitting back in fear that they were going right. to, the ball's going to go round them and they were going to break away. They were breaking up and helping the forward line. But Such had, an improvement. We had that option on the right for a change. Yeah. Because the thing is, for large periods of this season, Every time we've got the ball, we've always gone to McLean. McLean's got it, McLean's got it. Why? Because he's the only one who might create something. Yeah. Ince has come back in a different player, and now he's running at the man. He's playing like yeah, a proper yeah. winger. He still, for me, Tom Ince still needs to... He still needs to have that confidence to take on a man, but I think that... But he'll come, gain that. He'll yeah. gain that. If, he, if yeah. he scores against Derby on Friday... Yeah. You'll see a different Tom Ince again. You'll yeah. see that Tom Ince we saw under Gary Rowett when he first came to the club. Well, he should be up for it, former club as well. So uh, we'll beat Derby. I've got I've got all confidence to be honest. But I mean, I have to say, really, I mean, for me, one of the best players yesterday has got to be Sam Lucas, and I'm not I'm not even just talking about the goal. He, he, for me, he he's player of the year for yeah. me this season. He's so steady. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he makes the odd mistake, but half the time he's recovering from it. He's, he's everywhere. He's, 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 but it's just finishing now. Yeah. He, he, I mean, we'll go into the goal now. The goal he scored against Swansea, that was, he moved in, he was from outside the box on his weaker foot and placed it between two players into the corner. I think you've got to, you've got to applaud Allen as well. Because the, the build-up play. Well, we've got a question here on Joe Allen. Have you changed your mind, Ian, on Joe Allen? And I'm, I've got to be honest, under Michael O'Neill, I, I am starting to see a different player. But it's that, like I said last week, it's not he's not as rash anymore. He's not running around everywhere where he doesn't need to. Each player's got a job. That's your area. Do that job. And we used to look at him at 70 minutes before going, he looks like he's played two games back to back. Yeah. Now he's, he's like, he's holding back. He's making that he's, run he's, when he he's needs not, to make that run. He's not making stupid run. He yeah. isn't running everywhere. Because that was always my frustration with Joe Allen. And in the first half, he did frustrate me because he kept misplacing his passing. Yeah. But he made up for it. Second half, second half, I don't think he misplaced a pass. No. And I, I don't mind that. If he sits back and learns and goes, I can't sit here and go, Eighty Mardu, he's rubbish because yeah. of what he did in the first half. He made up for it in the second. He was everywhere. But I think he's giving. I think O'Neill's giving that license to be a bit more forward thinking anyway because if you notice for the goal he is very creative going forward he can be yeah he, he can he be has very creative going forward but it's that, that's the thing if, if he it preserves his energy for when we get these chances then he's going to be effective at the top end of the pitch if he's running round and defending and being in midfield and being up front and then running 70 yards he's not going to be effective in games because he's you've got to you've got to gain that that energy it's at key points during the game I mean I could be a little bit critical about Klukas doing that but he comes across as somebody who's absolutely super fit because I saw him yesterday left back right back in the middle up front he, yeah he was but, everywhere but the thing is he, he, he comes across as a really really physical athlete like but Joe Allen he isn't that sort of player and I just think O'Neill's probably said to him you're doing too much you'll be more effective if you just ease off as and when and then then hit you uh, at the accelerator and get forward and create because the thing is he was, he was trying to be I don't know he was trying to do everything he was working too hard he is it's sensible working and then there's unsensible do you know what I mean yeah. and, and I just think like I said a minute ago everybody on that pitch 
a lot different players than what they were. Well, I'm gonna have to go. get going because he scored that great goal. Like I said, his right foot. But I loved his. I loved his Adebayo celebration straight <laughs> to the other end. Like that. What's my name? What's my name? And then go does the money sign yeah. like that. Absolutely fantastic. Well, well, he said in the press conference that he'd been getting a little bit of abuse, but. I don't know, couldn't hear all them four Swansea fans. No, all, <laughs> all, all the all the mini buzz full. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't, couldn't see him. him. I, I yeah. couldn't see what they were doing. I, I, I felt like I need I need binoculars. I love Millwall that. didn't turn up, and now Swansea had a turn yeah. up. I was like, where are you? Can't see you. I mean, I love the the youngins who try and give the away the away fans abuse, and I think I can, how can you see him? How can you? <laughs> but, but saying that they're a lot younger than us, you've got better eyes. Yeah, that's you? what it is. Probably, yeah. probably can see a pimple on the face yeah. and have a lot like that, especially in the. Government. I should have passed him my reader about him being able to see what coat he had on. <laughs> oh, I get the governor. Oh, yeah, he loves it, doesn't he? He loves it, the governor. Young lads do that. Yeah, he was only 14. And it was fantastic to see Lucas behaving like that. Cause it's passion. Yeah. It's passion and got me going. I was like, come on, that's it. That's what we need. Yeah, because I read on Twitter this morning um, that one of the Swansea pages had said, oh, you're going to get a ban now. If you watch it back, he ain't that close to the Swansea fans. Oh, he's, right he's, 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 he's a long way back. He's, a long he's not way like Andy Bayor. He he's he always straight to front of him. Literally, might as well climb in the away end. <laughs> Jump in with him. Come on, yeah. man. It's, it's, it, at the end of the day, he's been getting a bit of stick. And he's he's done it again. Loads of players have done that when they come back. Even I mean, I know we hated it, but Arnie did it, didn't he? He got nothing but abuse off us. Yeah. And then he yeah, scored yeah. the goals. If and you he, put it he, out, you yeah, have to give it back. I mean, yeah. the, the reason of it is is because there was a big money move for Klukas when he went to Swans. It was like 12 million from yeah. Hull, I think it was. So for them, it's, it was like he, he didn't really do anything for Swans. Yeah. He was injured in his first season. He scored three goals for yeah, him. Yeah, he, he, he did nothing for him. So he, he's just like throwing money at him. Like, yeah. This is how good he am at Stoke. But I mean, going back to the game, I mean, I think that Sam Vokes has to probably go down is a bit of an unsung hero for me. I've I'm seeing a big difference in him now as well. Because before I was, I was not. He seemed isolated and he seemed a player well out of his depth. But he was running, and in the first half, he created a chance by not giving up and tackling the right back of Swansea yeah. to get the ball back for Stoke, and it led to a chance. I, st- I still think he could improve a lot. I do. I, I, I'm not trying to be negative, but I do. I, I genuinely believe. He is still a lot isolated. Maybe sometimes we try and play two longer balls to him, and he's trying to chase it back. He's, he's not a natural knock he's on. He's not man. quick, That's, is he? He's not quick, and he's not a natural. The, Them two wingers need to be pinging balls in when Vokes is playing. Vokes is a finisher. Yeah. You give him half a chance in the box, he'll score. And the problem is, the last couple of games, we haven't got the ball to him. And for me, when Campbell's fit against Derby, hopefully. He'll make that big difference for yeah. me, and he, that's why I'm confident to beating Derby because I think Campbell will come in and fit into that system with Vince. Bit of pace up front, pace on the right, quality on the left. I mean, one player we have to mention as well. He was scored the second goals, but was James McLean. Yeah, he worked. He worked really hard. I mean, I mean, you, you can't say a lot though. You wanted him off in the 65th minute. Only the only reason I wanted him off was because looking at him, he looked tired. A lot had gone through McLean during that game. Whenever we had an attack. He was, a, he was a part of it at some point and it, he got to a certain point in the game and I thought he looks absolutely shattered I wasn't really looking at it as because he, he played about three or four crosses that didn't even beat the first man yeah, first off, yeah, and I just game. sort of looked at it and thought well is, is, it just, is he just getting a bit fatigued and, and maybe it's time freshening it up a bit um, I mean at the end of the day I know he scored the second 
but it's a bad defensive mistake it on their part. Well, he, was, he put it <laughs> under the keeper's legs, didn't he? Did he it, it, it's a great finish, you can't deny that, but the thing is, it's nice when they prove you wrong, isn't it? Well, I mean, it's just the difference in James McLean since, because we've got a couple of questions about him as well. I mean, James McLean, the difference in him under Michael O'Neill has been, it's incredible. It's incredible the difference he's making. I think it's a difference in the fans towards him as well. Because the thing is, when he first come, even when under Rowett, when things were all right, he was still getting a lot of abuse from the home fans. Yeah, I think that. No one really says anything yeah. anymore. They, they do, but it's, I mean, Steve Turnbull, as we well know, can't stand him. Um, the problem is, he's got he's got certain views, anti, which obviously will upset some people. Which I'm not I'm not agreeing with McLean by any means, but. As, as far as I'm concerned, when he cl- crosses that white line in a Stoke shirt, we get behind him. It, it, that's that's the be all and end all for me. At the end of the day, if he sat there and he scored three, four goals, he's still going to moan about him at night when he when he get out. That's the thing when he when he laces up them boots, regardless of what it, what his beliefs are, he's a Stoke City player and we should get behind him. Really, it, it, that's that's my thoughts on it. Well, one of the questions here on James McLean is. Do you think James McLean will be the new talisman for the Stoke City forward line? Well, not forever, no. Cause well, not forever, but no. it may obviously mean now. <laughs> not, not in ten years. <laughs> I mean, I mean in, reality, <laughs> in reality, he's the sort of player that... Do you see him being here for probably another two years? Maybe. I'd say two years. Yeah. I'd say two years, and then yeah. probably for Linden if he performs. And like a lot of other players, it, they, like, they, they really get on with Michael O'Neill and... And the thing is that you look back at Michael O'Neill's career at Northern Ireland, he was getting hell of a lot out of that side. Some of the results they gained, I mean, come on, I mean, I'm, they're not a great side, Northern Ireland, but he, he he's just, he's one of them man management coaches, clearly, who mm. gets the best out of people. I, I think he's a talented manager, to be yeah, honest. To have turned this club round where three managers pre well four technically managers previously couldn't do. We've got we've got a diamond. We've got we've got a hell of a spot here. Yeah. I mean I can remember when we first when we were first linked to him, I didn't think he'd come. Right, the second question is is James McLean a happier man now he's moved to the left wing rather than playing as a left wing back? Yeah, definitely. That's definitely. obvious really. Because yeah. he wasn't a left wing back was he? That's no. that's the Well thing. he's put everybody in possessions, hasn't he? Vince is a right winger and that's where he's playing. Uh, the thing is, everybody knows where they're playing. Everybody knows the job, and that's that. And the thing is, it, I, I know it sounds daft, but I remember under Jones, come 65, 70 minutes when fans around us and us personally would sit there and say, let's change the striker, let's change the winger, let's change this, let's change that. O'Neill doesn't do that. He's if you win if you win in, he's like, right, let's get another sense of offer. I mean, shut up shop and win this game. Got a question here about uh, what do you reckon to the substitutes? And I thought the substitutes were perfectly timed and perfectly done. I think he, we needed Gregory at the time because Sam Vokes was looking knackered, to be honest. Yeah, he, he looks absolutely shattered. Yes, he wasn't really linking yeah. the play up well. And if, uh, he, like, to be fair, in the first half, he did okay at linking the play up, but. Second, when Gregory came on, if it wasn't for Gregory, I don't think we would have scored that second goal. It was a great decision to bring Gregory on. Um, I don't think I don't think he'll be going to Cardiff anytime soon. As, as the well, we had other chances to kill the game off, didn't we? I mean, McLean had a, a chance where he sort of didn't. He should have just added it straight in. I don't know how he didn't edit really, but um, oh yeah, in the second yeah, half, in the second half. I mean, yeah, we we had the better of the chances. I mean, I know. 
I know after the first goal, Swansea had a, a good free kick, which hit the was ball, straight, yeah. straight off the crossbar. So yeah, that was straight after the goal. I was a bit annoyed about that. Yeah, because we sort of switched off slightly, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, but it did, to be fair, he didn't go in, and we we cleared it well, and the performance sort of changed. Yeah, I mean, out of everybody, really, I mean, the only the only player I could sort of say pick out of the eleven where I was not massively happy or not over was probably Powell. I thought at times he was a little bit slow moving the, the ball on. And stuff. He lost the ball a lot. Yeah. On Saturday, um, um, he's got. He's, I think the problem is with Nick Powell. He holds the ball too long, and, and instead of because the problem is at times is that we hold we don't hold the ball enough, and it's like an hot potato, and it's pass, pass, pass. Yeah. Don't give me that. It's on fire. Yeah. But Nick Powell does keep hold of the ball. He does, yeah. And he he does try to make things happen. But on Saturday, he wasn't working well at all. No. He he did okay though. I mean, I can't sit here and slag him off because I can't slag any of them off from Saturday. They, they all played well. But now we're gonna have to talk about for me the second person who was close close to being man of the match in my view, Tommy Smith. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. performance at right yeah. back from him. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, we haven't seen for me personally. I don't think we've had a decent right back in in a long time. I know we had Johnson. Don't get me wrong, but defensively, Johnson was never great. Even when we Chelsea, we've not had a steady right back for a long, long time. I thought he, that was Bauer wanted, but Bauer's definitely not the answer. Yeah, but he flew forward. Yeah, Smith gets forward. Don't get me wrong. He did. I was very impressed yeah, with his movements. I was he's like, like an old fashioned. Yeah, he's like an old fashioned right back for me. He, he sits in. He does his job. And he only makes them runs when they're absolutely necessary for he me. He was doing the ball game. He kept breaking yeah. forward, putting them balls in the box. Yeah. I'm, I'm liking Tommy Smith now. But that's what I'm right saying. Back. So in the first half, when we were under a little bit of pressure, he sat in. He sat in with the four and did his job. Mm. Didn't stray too far forward. But then when the game opened up a little bit and we were having more of the ball and we were having more of the chances, then Tommy Smith come to laugh a bit. And yeah. him and Ince work well together. They do. Uh, that's so, what. I, that's the question here. Says, do, do you think that Ince and Tommy Smith combine well? And I'd have to say, yeah, they do. Because I mean, there's a lot of times if you noticed in the in the second half when their wing backs were breaking and Tom Ince was doing the right back job, yeah. which you never saw before. When he, even under Rowett and under Nathan Jones, you never saw no. Tom Ince breaking back and helping out. And he's no. a different player. No. Well, I mean, I, I know I said it to you um, yesterday at West Brom um, when Stoke lost the ball. Um, Tom Ince went flying back, got into position, and behind him was was Ince. He'd mm. done seven. He'd run seventy yards for cover his man, just in case he got beat. And you're thinking that Ince had been walking back six months ago, and and is that is that like? Like Inson and, and Smith are on that right side and they're helping each other out. Mm. But they're helping the centre backs yeah. as well. And I can't knock them at all. Fantastic performances at the moment from the Stoke players and long may it continue because hopefully we're going to have more positive podcasts like this where we're going to well, be these are big giving games. the players. These are big games. Yeah, they are, they, are, they, they, are, they are losing. These are big teams. These yeah. are types of teams that are doing well. And that's why I've got a bit of confidence now because if we can beat Derby on Friday. We're we're playing against Charlton, who plummeting like a stone since yeah. the start of the season. You've got Derby have got their off field and Derby Derby yeah. are crumbling apart. I mean, they've they've completely put all the hope in a thirty four five year old Wayne Rooney, and they look like they might have a massive points deduction. Now, and they, they could have a points deduction, so that there's a chance Derby could end up. I hope so. I really hope so. <laughs> I can't stand Derby. 
I really hate them. Don't so we playing crew next year. Let's hope. <laughs> I pray. Let's let's hope now. So we'll talk now about the Friday's game, Derby. So uh, for me, this is this is to me. If if we win this game, I think playoffs are back on. I really do. I mean, I Derby think, aren't the same side as last season, are they? Let's face it. I mean, Derby came last year. They were incredible so. Yeah, I mean, obviously they had Harry Wilson who scored against us. Yeah, Mason, Mason Mount was incredible yeah, as well. Yeah, the, the, the other side them, didn't has we? been ripped apart, really. I mean, we beat them at their place, didn't we? Tom Hintz scored that goal. Yeah, I mean, Usic's gone as well. They've had Mardin with the drink, was it drink driving at the start of the season? Yeah, Richard Keogh. Richard yeah. Keogh's gone. Stoked, he, he really was that talisman, really, when you think about it. Oh, he's 36. But he was still playing well yeah, for Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good centre. To be fair, he always has been a good, decent centre-back, Richard Keogh, but he's a drink driver, so get yourself um, going. Hope he ends up in Cork City or something to that. I mean, you know, I, th- I, think, I think one man, regardless of his age, you've still got to be worried about, really, is... Uh, Wayne Rooney if he's fit yeah. because the thing is he's, he's, he's always he's done a lot of damage to us in the past he did I mean the, the one that pops in my head is when I think we were beating United 1-0 one, one in the 89th minute he scored that free kick in the top corner I devastated me I thought it was 0-0 nil, nil, wasn't it 0-0 nil, nil. I'm, I'm not sure now it was, to be, it was for the record wasn't it oh I'm not sure now. yeah it was for the record Um, to was it Bobby Charlton's record yeah it was a cracking free kick yeah I mean, you can't take anything away from um, you can't take anything away from Wayne Rooney. He's had a, he's had, had a brilliant career. Really. He's a good player, but I, I think they do go a bit of OTT on him when they talk about like one of the world's best and like England's best ever player. When if you look at his record for England, it wasn't very good. But it isn't the Wayne Rooney show, so we're, we're no, like, it's not. But he, he is somebody that is if you're looking at somebody who could cause some problems then. He's still on a score for him, has he? He's played four games now and he's still on a score for him, has he? Well, I watched him when he first came. I can't remember who they were playing, but they, had, they were on Sky Sports and he played very deep in that game. Um, he yeah, wasn't so, so. I think he's finished, I do. I do think he's finished as a as a player. I, 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 I mean, personally, just to end, end on, on, on the Wayne Rooney thing, it, to me... He moving into midfield was his biggest mistake anyway. Yeah, because he just pointed him in the English. Because he was an out and out striker. There's no two ways. He was striker, centre forward, one two, good centre forward. Yeah, yeah. He was never a striker. Cause well, he moved him about a lot, didn't he, Fergie? Yeah. He, he, play, he played as a cam, played centre forward. But for yeah. me, like I say, I, th- I think he's finished as a as a top level footballer now. I think he's just played in as much as he can. Yeah. But I think Derby, Philip Koku. Friday night under the lights. I think the way we're performing and how out of form Derby are on, I could see this being a real good performance. Hopefully, Tyrese Campbell's in. I mean, we'll go through the lineups. I think Butland obviously picks himself. He's in goal. Smith. Smith's got to be in the squad without question. The same team, really. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't change his snow apart from Campbell if he's fit. Yeah, That's if Campbell's one. fit, I'd move in for Sambo. Simple as that. Here, Tom Ince, I hope, can put, put a solid performance in like he's been doing over the last two. I mean, I'm not sure if I'd put Nick take Nick Powell out and put Jordan Cousins in though. Now I know I have to step back and go. I didn't think he'd play for Stoke again under that stint, but he has come back and been a very good. Well, he played against. Pick. He come on. He come on against West Brom, and don't get me wrong, it was all backs against the wall a little bit towards the end. But that's the thing that that some of these decisions. Um, with the substitutions, they are pretty much straightforward substitutions, but. For some reason, we haven't done it in the past. Well, and he's looked at it and gone, well, we're 1-0 up, we're away from home against the league leaders, there's five minutes to go, 
We'll bring Collins on and we'll bring Cousins in for, to, to See, run the midfield. Surely yeah. took, yeah. They said, they said I like decisions. it. I think his substitutions are genius. I do. Yeah. He's the first manager in a while that I've looked at and gone, he's, he knows what he's doing, he does. He doesn't just <laughs> like bringing like on for like. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Like Lee Gregory is good at what he does, come off the bench and hold the play up and bring people in. Well, the question, exactly what you need. Well, my question is, is, could it be a chance for Thompson for coming? I'd like to see Thompson, but maybe for the bench. The thing I'm worried about is he had all this black. He, he likes him for this, likes him for that. I thought he, he had one sub left, didn't he on Saturday? On Saturday. I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah. He he, he, he he did he bring? I, I think he may have did he bring Jeff on later on. Oh, Jeff at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that because um, it was literally the last kick of the game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I, I, it's one of them, and it was some managers. I think. If we'd have been 2 0 up at, say, 70 minutes, well, then maybe Thompson might have come on. Well, he's got, there's a question here that's come through. Do, does he actually think much of Thompson to not even bring him off the bench in his first down game? Well, the thing is, if he's, he's, I think sometimes you've got to, when you're coming from League Two, you've got to, you've got to get up to speed, haven't you? At the end of the day, the training at Stoke will be a lot more intense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a big. It's a big move for for Thompson. Oh, it's it is a very big move for um, Thompson. Yeah, you go from a League Two club to the best team in England. To, well, <laughs> in the world. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> in England. Um, I know Boca Juniors game stuck City. <laughs> Love play for that. It's it is a great a great move for the lad, but at the same time, he's the one seeing him in training down Clayton Woody. If he thinks he's not quite sharp enough for this level yet. Well, I just want to see where he comes on, because I just want, I just want to know where he's going to play. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't have a clue where he's playing, right. nobody knows, there's that much on him. I don't, people play on the right, play on the left, midfield, yeah. wing back, where's he playing? Yeah, I mean, as well, it, it, you sort of look at, you look at the Derby game and think, well, he, he's probably going to be reluctant to change it anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I think if he, had to, if he was going to change anything, he'll just change Campbell. He won't change anything else, because at the end of the day, for, for two games, We've defended brilliantly. We've attacked brilliantly second half and, and won the game against a good side. There's no reason to change it for me. I think we've been guilty of that in the past, maybe changing stuff for, for no real reason when we could have just could, kept things the same. Because people were underperforming under the last two managers because they couldn't get the best out of them. And we'll cover that after the transfer news. Right, so transfer news this week. Uh, what have we got? I don't think much has happened, has it? The door's still locked, is it? I don't think it is, yeah. I don't know what's going on. But it looks like we're trying to bolster the back line with the rumours this week. Right, we'll start with um, the one that I think most people have seen is Neil Taylor, really. Yeah, Neil Taylor. Now, I don't mind this one. He's got a lot of experience, hasn't he? Well, he's 30 years of age, and he's played a lot of football, and I think quite a lot in the Premier League, hasn't he, with Swansea? Yeah. 179 appearances, six goals in that stint. He was a part of the Jordan Ayew deal when he went to Villa. Is he another dinosaur, though, that we're bringing in? Well, I don't know with this one. I mean, to be fair, he is a proper left-back, and he's, he's played a lot of football. Yeah. So this is just a player that's failed en route to the Premier League. So for me, it's one of them where I wouldn't mind him on loan, just see how he's got. I mean, he mustn't feel that Timmins ready if he's obviously bringing in Neil Taylor. I mean, I haven't really studied Taylor's career when, but I, I can always 
He's always been that forgot, he, forgotten he man. Instead, he wants to. Mm. I never remember him making any. But that's what we need, really, at this mistakes, level. Mistakes, really. But I, th- I think we need a steady head yeah. like at this level, don't should we? Should have asked some Swansea fans yesterday. I know we should have asked him. Yeah, but they're that far away. We'd have to get a yeah. get a poster made. That's crap. Is get he any good? Is, is he any good? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the Neil Taylor. Yeah, like I say, I think he could do a good job at left back whilst um, Timmins not quite ready yet, or he wants to slowly bring him through. The thing is, though, he can't really begrudge Indy at the moment. He's doing all right. Yeah, he has done all right. I mean, but. A steady left back that could probably do the same as what Tommy Smith's doing. I can't knock it. No, no. Like you say, he's, he's just probably one of them players that keeps his head down and gets on with his football. So I, I can't really grumble there too much. I, I mean, to be out of choice, as long as it's not, I wouldn't mind him permanently as long as it's only a short deal, like a two, three year deal, while Timmons progressing through. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't see. I think he might be looking at it as well because I don't think I. Genuinely think Indy might be gone in the summer. I think, yeah, I think this will be yeah. his final season. I do Indy as, as a player. I mean, I don't know. We, we, I mean, he hasn't been grumbling. He hasn't made any. He hasn't been like half of them getting in the press saying, oh, I won't go and this kind of stuff, which is why I think Michael O'Neill's sticking with him. Well, he's, got, he's got on with his game, hasn't he? In, in fairness, he hasn't played too bad, really. No, he played very well on Saturday. He, his balls were not. I love the fact that he's bobbing forward as well. To be fair, like I say, he didn't look out of breath or he didn't look like a centre-back out of position like your hero, Danny Collins. Don't don't you you dare insult Danny Collins. I mean, uh, to be honest, I I, I was nearly brought up Danny Jarvis again because I forgot about it. Don't don't, don't say his name. Don't cry, just don't cry. You'll be alright. Right, so what else is this? We've been linked to a few centre-backs. Yeah, um, well, the first one, I'll go for the simpler one, is... uh, Jack Simpson at Bournemouth. Now there's not much about him because he hasn't played a lot of football to be honest. He must, that's a strange one for me because you're bringing in a young kid who let's face it we've got kids at that position. Well to me I'm I'm looking at that and I just don't think there's a point in signing him really. I know he's highly rated and he's he's only made three appearances this season, two on the bench and I think one in the League Cup. He had an impressive stint at AFC Toten wherever that is. Somewhere must be somewhere down south. Never heard of it, but apparently he did seriously impress there. But it, like I say, it's the non-league. It's it's a big jump to. Is he going to push out the the likes of Bat now? And, well, Lindsay's for me, Lindsay's well, playing well, well so I, I can't really see this one. But then there's another centre back being linked to us. Yeah, well. I'll probably get his name wrong. Um, Harold McCowdy. McCowdy, that is. McCowdy. Um, at Saint Saint Etienne. So in Leeds, Derby, and West Brom are interested in them as well. So. Well, I mean, why are we after him then? Because he'd go there, wouldn't he? Let's <laughs> be honest, if he's going to go on loan yeah. somewhere. Well, the thing is, you don't know, do they? Obviously, they've got to, he'll speak to all the clubs, but he's another one. Is he, are we getting to the point now where his show cost done? Well, is he, that what we're looking at, is bringing somebody in? It, it could be, because it's because he's come back twice and his injuries caused him to break down twice in a row now, hasn't yeah. since he's come back. I mean, it, it could be cover, but I think we've got plenty of cover in his own academy, really. I mean, we've got to remember also we've got suitors to come back from his loan stint, where he's impressing, he's, he's playing for the Australian national side as well. So we've got another young lad there, we've got Collins, we've got Lindsay, we've got Bat. Shawcross is still on the boots, he's still there, he's an yeah. hero of mine, so I'll never throw Shawcross out, he can do what he wants for me. I think should just give him the key to well, City. I, th- I, think, I think the confusing thing for most Stokies really now is, sort of a month ago, he's sitting here going, we need a sentiment, we need a left winger, we need a strat. It's tough now because when, you, when you're doing all that, it, 
Don't get me wrong, I'd, uh, I think if it was me personally, I'd still be looking at another striker. Well, I mean, speaking of strikers, we'll go into the only real outward news that's coming this week is Scott Hogan. Well, now, I thought they'd given him back, I did Scott Hogan, but to be fair, he's only featured 13 times this season. He's got a decent goal-scoring record. I think he might have done all right under him. Well, I, it's clear that he doesn't rate him, does he? Simple as I, he just doesn't rate Hogan because he's not even coming off the bench right now, is no, he? No. I think I think that one will be done by the end of the window. I think he'll be either back at Villa or being linked somewhere else. Yeah, well, like obviously when Gregory come on on Monday, he didn't really sort of he, he barely touched the ball for, for the rest of the game. And Vokes is can be laboured come an hour in. Mm. I think Campbell will end up being. I the think he will choice. be first choice. I think next season they'll give him number ten. But you've also got to remember Benny Kafobi's still at the club. Yeah, I mean... To be honest, I wouldn't throw him out the window yet because he hasn't played under Michael O'Neill yet. No, he's played under Nathan Jones and we've seen a lot of decent players play poorly under Jones. And now play well under Michael O'Neill. So we'll we'll talk about that now. The massive improvement to the players that we threw out the bin as being not good enough. And Nathan Jones wasn't even playing his own signings. But Powell's now becoming a regular. Gregory is sort of becoming a bit of a super sub. Um, Tommy Smith's now becoming first choice right back over Tommy yeah. Tommy Smith. Uh, uh, Liam Lindsay's become a different player under Michael O'Neill. So we have to look at it as in were these good players and was it that they just didn't suit Nathan Jones or is it are they good players? But from what I gather, O'Neill's quite strict as well. And I think he might have kicked a few of the big attitudes out of a few of them as I well. I think getting rid of Ndai and Etebo has been probably the best thing he's done this window now. Mm. And uh, two months ago, I would have said it's, it'll, get, it'll take us down, letting them players go. But for me, looking at it now, it's the best decision he's made. I was genuinely worried when he first did it. They, they seem to be fighting now and they seem to be looking forward, not backwards. They haven't got big egos saying, I'm too good for this club and Ndai and Etebo. And I think I think it's been a big improvement. I think, I think as well. I mean, you look at... Jack Butland's press conference. He looks a lot happier. He looks, he looks happier in himself. He's smarter now. Because sometimes I've seen Stoke players, but even when we've won, and they come on and go, "Well, we did all right, and uh, we, we played well in town." He come on, he was like, "Yeah, we we were sticking to the gate." He was enthusiastic about the win. And right, he, it's, he's showing in his performances as well. He was very solid. I mean, he, he, he made the save of the game, kept yeah. us in the game, kept it at 0-0 with that great save in the first half. That was early on as well, like I said early on in the pod. He, if that went in, Swansea would have won that it's game. It's a great shot. It's a great shot, it is. It's, it's a, a great shot. save. It's right yeah. in the corner. It's a great save, that yeah. is. And like I say, I can't, I can't knock him at the moment because these players that have been knocked, even Jordan Cousins has become a different player under Michael yeah. O'Neill. I thought he, he was going to be playing four games and never see him again and he'd be loaned out or given away, but he seems a really important player to have on the bench just to sol- solid dies. <laughs> solid dies? <laughs> solid dies that midfield. Solidified. Well, I, 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 Michael Owen Award. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite happy with how you pronounced that. Like I say, it's been a different system, so I, I can't, can't get over Tommy Smith. I can't. No, he, he looks a proper right back now. And it's like like all of them. James McLean's improving. Tom Ince is now improving. Sam Vokes, he, he's still frustrating as anything, but he's still putting in better than what he was doing under Nathan Jones. We've still got Valinden coming as well. Yeah, Valinden was injured on Saturday, but you know it's a good man off the bench. Pace yeah. wants to make a name. 
because like I say if he comes in on the right hand side maybe scores a goal or creates two goals or something yeah. he, he's right back in the mix of being a first team player and it's, it's nothing but positivity now the, I can't, the confidence he's breathed into that squad is amazing it's amazed me because I don't care who come in you could have the, one of the top managers in Europe come in for change how poorly we were I mean I think a lot of Stokies old and young will say at the start of the season some of the games we went at Stoke were some of the worst I've ever seen Uldersfield midweek was terrible and you're watching it sadly going this is a team we're proud of again they're working hard for each other we're creating chances they're good to watch they're defending properly and you can walk away from the game really really happy well, I mean, that's what we'll go into now. I mean, we've had a question here. Did you see the massive improvement in the fans on Saturday? They've and it was back. incredible. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. The atmosphere on Saturday was amazing. Especially yeah. after we took the lead. We were giving them loads. We were singing. That's the loudest Delilah I've, I've heard for about three years. That Delilah. It was a great atmosphere. We can carry that through to the next next half of the season. I mean, people will laugh. Will laugh. People go, oh, you're on glue. You're crazy. That with way we have improved now in the last couple of games, I can't see playoffs. We aren't that far away. We'd have to have a one hell of a run. Oh, we'd have to have yeah, one hell of a run, run, but we've just beaten the top in, what is it, fourth or fifth in Swansea yeah. comfortably. The, the, the time for me testing Michael O'Neill will be if we pick some injuries up now towards the end of the season. Because the problem is he's got, he's got a core group that are all working for each other. I just think if we did get a couple of injuries, that's this is another reason why I still think we could do with a couple of signings is because you look at like a forward line, you take Campbell out of that forward line, we've got two old men. We we're a little bit like I just think if we avoid injuries, don't get me wrong, I can see us finishing at least mid table. But they you've still got to you've got to drive at it and keep going. They've got to just because they won two games, it's, they've got to keep doing it week in, week out. And, and there will be some lows towards the end of the season. There's bound to be. Well, for me, instead of going out and, and bringing another striker and what people keep saying and what, what you said yourself, there's a young lad who really impressed on Saturday and has been impressing all this season in the Youth Academy, who I think could be a nice little shout on the bench. Uh, are you talking about Sanko by any chance? Sanko. Scored an actually didn't see it yeah. this weekend for the Youth team. Yeah, there was a little bit of confusion on Facebook because someone kept writing Stoke 3 and a lot, Stoke 4 and a lot. He, what, he played FIFA, it's 12 o'clock, right? <laughs> and it, it was actually the under-18s that were playing. And he's impressing. Yeah, well, I think if some of his regular listeners will remember, we did actually mention him. It's, I think it starts the, start of the season, season, yeah, when yeah. we signed him, that he's impressive. And I think it was something to do with his twin was signing. There was two of them, weren't they? Yeah, um, two Sonkos that were twins or brothers. Yeah. Yeah, brothers, because one was older, because you can't have a three-year labour Yeah, I think if I think if, if I remember right, he'd had a, a, a stunning goal record in a, in a short period of yeah, time. Yeah, the, the younger one, the one who's now smacking goals in, I think, and I, f- I think to myself, well, if he's doing it at that level, we've already learnt this from Tyrese Campbell that he might not be ready for first team. But the bench. But the bench, you might you might think, well, we're we going to take this confidence and put you on the bench. Yeah. And if we need a bit of pace against one of these teams, and instead of bringing on a Lee Gregory, 
this lad might be able to come on and chip a few goals in yeah. and make a bit of a name for himself. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you look at you look at the game. There. I mean, he scored after eight minutes. Um, then Godfrey made it two. Sanko scored his second on seventeen minutes with three 0 up after seventeen minutes. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, I still I'll always stand by it, and I, I, people have told me I'm talking rubbish, but I don't care if you're an out and out striker. You know where the net is. It doesn't matter. Well, it, he's proven he is. Yeah, he's, he's proven he is. I, he's, I, he, I he hasn't been here long. Yeah, he hasn't been here long. So to be that impressive in front of goal. Yeah. I, I think you have to go, lad. We're gonna. I, I, I'd be tempted if it was me. Is out the blue a little bit? I'd chuck him on against and away, away from home somewhere. Would you want me to tell you where I play? Jordan. They're in absolute free fall. And if we're winning one nil, say to Campbell scored a scored a goal and we're winning one nil yeah. and we're looking comfortable and don't look like we're going to concede, I'd go Tyrese get 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 a rest. Go on and make a name for yourself. Yeah. And if he comes in and scores a goal on his debut, fans will instantly warm towards him. It's just, like here we go. I just think sometimes when when we've seen players make a debut at home when they're young lads, the the, the pressure's there. Well, I, I think it's to better to do it at home because the fans are on side. When, when it's away, it's hostile because it's you're away at a club and it, it, it can't. You've got nothing prove when you're away. Just well, you have, haven't you? Because well, you your own ability. What you, I'm you, saying you, is. It's their fans. You go out, play your own game. But for me, if you've if you've seen the Stoke fans and you've seen it more like more recently when young lads have come into the fray, we give we get right behind them. It's the, for me the only time this season we've really got behind Stoke when we were rubbish under Nathan Jones was when Campbell was playing and Edwards was. We were getting right behind them because the young lads. And I think if you bring out him on at Charlton Town when they're in free fall, we're we're rising up the. I mean we're fourth. Fourth in the form table now since Michael O'Neill's coming. We are one of the most informed teams in the league now. Yeah. Confidence grows confidence. So if you bring a young lad like Sanko in who's, who's full of confidence going in the youth level, well, we've lost obviously one game as well. So what I mean, we've only so. lost one, one game at home. We couldn't grab a win at all under Nathan Jones. Yeah. So the improvement's staggering. Well, it comes back to what I said a few months ago about effort. Stoke fans, at the end of the day, I saw an article in the Central a few months ago saying, how some Stoke fans are very critical when the team aren't doing well. It's nothing for me. It's nothing to do with that. It's down to effort. And the thing is, I think a lot of Stoke is that you could lose a game one 0 but if they put hundred and ten in and run their hearts out for it, and they just didn't quite get the breaks or a little bit of luck here and there, the fans would still get right behind that team, still sing them off. The problem is under Nathan Jones, there was a lot of players who were seventy percent in most games. They weren't going for it. Well, and you're looking at this team now. And even when they make mistakes, they write back and they go, right, we're going again. We start again, we go again. That's another improvement, their attitude. The fans will get behind them and the fans will sing the name if they've got the right attitude, and they have. Well, he's a young lad with everything to prove. And, and for me, we've, we've been that poor in the windows bringing in these players. Scott Owen, don't rate him. Lee Gregory, I like bits of Lee Gregory. Well, you don't know where the net is. <laughs> he's not lethal enough no. he, like he's good at holding up the plane for me he's like a, a terrible version of Carlos Tevez who <laughs> well well, he is he is a terrible version of Carlos Tevez because Carlos Tevez well he was Tevez. never lethal was he Tevez but what he was really good at and probably the best in the league at was bringing other people yeah, into, into play, play. Yeah. and he was amazing at it which is why United won the won the Champions League and the title yeah, yeah. He, he completely turned City from a Europa League to a Champions League team because he brought everybody else into the play yeah. and that's what Gregory does but the difference is Carlos Tevez chipped away with goals as well Yeah, 
and that makes the biggest difference. So it's like Firmino as well at Liverpool. Yeah, he's not elite, like but he's incredible at bringing everybody else into the play, yeah. getting Saller away it's on the right, game, getting Mane away yeah. on the left side, bringing other players from the midfield through because he's got that control and move. Well, it sort of comes back to what we've said before about skulls and like we've 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 been on the Potter's podcast been overly critical of skulls. We've been overly critical of everyone, yeah. and we know we've been quite wrong with that. We we go a bit too overboard with. Yeah, Chris. but what I'm saying is, is like if the club are trying to save money. I'd more prefer them to save money by bringing these kids in. Well, if you notice over the over the recent years, like Chelsea, like Man United, for example, like even Liverpool to an extent, youth academy is the best way to get a young player through because not only that, they, they love the club for letting, for giving them the chance and they have yeah. a fondness for that club. Yeah. It's like um, Chelsea at the moment with Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount, all these young lads that are making names for themselves now because they're giving them the chance to do it. Yeah, there's a there's a, I noticed that on um, there's a show on BT Sport about what what you wore and they have footballers on. Yeah, and, yeah. and these what kits they wore through the career. And every time they come on, even if it was a loan spell or something right at the beginning of the career, mm. if that was their first professional appearance. I love this first kit. It was the first one I ever. Well, yeah, Harry Kane. The Harry Kane as well. He always talks about Millwall because it's the place where he started yeah. his name. He, he had that lone stint and he scored a few goals and everyone goes, "Oh yeah, we'll, we'll keep hold of yeah, him." But it's about the first it. time he crossed that white line in a professional game, and it was a great moment for him and his family and everything else. Yeah, and, yeah it's, and, it's there. Yeah, and, and the thing is, you're not wasting any money by putting him on. That's the thing. We spent money before, and it's not worked. And I just think, at the moment, looking at that group under O'Neill, we've got a steady group there that is going to win games. I don't see us going down anymore because he's got them working together as a unit. And I just think, so why don't he just go? Tell you what, well, track them two in out the under 18s Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've yeah. got, I think if we get rid of Scott Ogan now, which hopefully will happen, because I just don't rate the lad. I think he's overweight. I think he's. I think he's finished. Really, is he? Yeah. A good player. I think he's. Well, Duffy will go as well, won't he? Well, I think Duffy already has. For me, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not too sure really because he's been very vague. He's been linked to other clubs, but no one really kind of knows. But I'd rather Ogan go and see him get on the bench than bringing somebody in that doesn't want to be here because well, that's the big problem big clubs have done it before have kids in for like one game and then sent them back in the reserves yeah. you, you, don't, you don't have to put him back on the, be- on the bench for the next four months you no know, see I, I do feel I think that's where big clubs go wrong I really do I think the biggest problem with a lot of them is they do bring him on and then they disappear they have one bad game but to be fair it's his first ever game in professional yeah football. not saying after one and then, game and then no. they go right get back in the youth team and the confidence drops and they yeah. think well I don't be here then if, if I'm only getting the one chance and because yeah. I didn't score an actually I'm not worthy of the first team yeah. confidence drains but I if mean, you keep him on the bench and he has two bad games but then the third one he scores a screamer in the 89th minute and gets us a 2-1 win Yeah, comes out of nowhere my Chloe had to start somewhere all these players who came through it's very rare in any league, in any club in the world where you're going to get one talented youngster to come in and go Straight bang, away. bang, yeah, bang, yeah. It, it just doesn't happen. No. And for me, that, that, lad's, that lad's on fire. But the thing is, we've got an example there in Tyrese Campbell. He was on fire for the under-18s and the under-21s. And if we give him the chance and look at him now. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the, the thing with Tyrese Campbell was when he first came into the first team three, we were in a bad way. We were in a massively bad way, and I think a lot of Stokies were hoping that he was going to come in and, be the, and, and be bang goals in for fun. But the thing is, he, that wasn't the problem. The problem was we Midfield couldn't not defend, 
And and the thing is, he he become for me, he come a little bit of a scapegoat for a while, and I just think. That little loan spell at Shrewsbury and that everything else. That was good because he, he was lethal for Shrewsbury. Yeah, and, and it sort of built his confidence back up again. He's come back into the fray and he saw it early doors in, in pre season. He was scoring goals and he thought, maybe he's not far off ready here. Mm-hmm. And then as the season's now, gone on. Under Michael O'Neill, he's, he's for me the most impressive of all. Time, his yeah. finishing is incredible. Yeah. And I was speaking to Will at work because I've got a Rangers fan at work and he was going, can't wait, get him for free. And I was like, <laughs> but I was nervous, so I was thinking, you're not having him. You know what I mean? He's going to stay with Stoke. He goes, yeah, but he wants to come a bigger club. Rangers? Yeah, right. Yeah, well, they've got a 41-year-old Defoe. Yeah, they have, got, <laughs> they have got 54 league titles as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, their trophy cabinets, four trophies are falling out yeah. everywhere. <laughs> but, but like I say, him signing that new contract, it's, it's just... It's just Give the place a lift it's as getting, well. Everybody's got a lift now. Everybody's yeah. happy. You can see it on, on, on the Stoke pages. Everybody's delighted with what's going on yeah. now under Michael O'Neill. The performances are coming in. The wins are coming in. And for me, take advantage of that. If you've got a young lad like him who's banging goals away in, get him on the bench and let's see what he can do with little little appearances here and there. I'm not saying bring him on in the 50th minute. I'm, I'm on about like 80th minute. The game's ours. Get him in. See what he can do. Gets a goal. We've got a talent. It's the way the game through. goes into it a little bit. It's like me saying earlier about Thompson not coming on. At the end of the day, yesterday, the game went as it's one 0 It's tied. We're playing someone in the top six. We not. We don't want. We want the three points. We're desperate for the three points. I'll bring another defender on. So it's game management. Yeah, but that's a youngster again. If if we went into say say the derby game on Friday and we get to sixty six minutes and we're getting a lot of balls through the middle and we're in there playing an eye line and we're getting balls in but Vokes is up front and he's not quick enough mm. somebody like Sanko who, yeah. who's got that pace he's got a lightning pace yeah. here and he's, 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 he gets behind like it's his, it seems to be his skill yeah. getting behind but that's what I'm saying if we're getting balls in behind over and over again and Vokes isn't up to the pace of it then he could bring somebody like that on, even if it is 60 minutes, because it's nil-nil, we're getting balls in behind, he could be that, oh right, well, if we bring Sanko on, we might be able to nick a goal here. And, and that's the thing about game management. I think in the past, we've been a little bit guilty of get, like, sitting there on a piece of paper and going, well, he's tired, we'll take him off. Well, he could do a play because he hasn't played for two. It doesn't matter about that. It's about winning football matches and, and O'Neill's doing it the right way by he did it at West Brom. It was like, we're getting battered here. Let's shore up the midfield, let's shore up the defence, let's get the win and let's move on to the well, next the, one. The good not thing pretty. Is. He wasn't pretty Monday, I admit that. But it doesn't he matter. Got results. The, three, the three points are on the board. Got, that's got all results. I don't yeah. think they've lost many at home as well. For, yeah. so for us to go there, teams to the bottom end. It's been because the thing is, since since things fell apart with Mark Hughes. These players, have, well, most of these players have, have just been battered week in, week out. And Joe, Joe Allen's won for a period of time, but he's had three years of getting battered every week. Yeah. No wonder he's got no confidence in his knacker all the time. Yeah. And, and luckily, he has started to go quiet on Joe Allen and him leaving the club. So you never know. I mean, Jack Butler might even stay by the end of the season. Because the thing is with Jack Butler, he, he doesn't really start well, but he... he once he gets into the into it, he becomes one of the best keepers going. The thing is, I think a lot of the transfer speculation at the start of the season probably wobbled Jack a bit. Yeah. Um, it's same with last season. I mean, when you get relegated out of the Premier League, your confidence is you're not going to have much confidence. There's no no doubt we need to have an effect on you. 
yeah. um, I know some clubs have come down and romped the league had they completely Newcastle did it one year where I think they lost one game all season but at the end of the day Stoke was negative before what's impressing me is the fact that O'Neill's not been here for very long and already everybody's attitude and morale's gone through the roof yeah everybody's, everybody it, seems to be happy again yeah. now yeah it's like when we when when like there's a, a break in play or an injury, everyone's like straight over to O'Neill. You know how normally like the manager might have a quick word when someone's injured. Yeah. I noticed on Saturday, I think one of the Swansea players went down. Half the squad was over to yeah, O'Neill. Yeah, about six players went yeah. over to Martin and Michael O'Neill and said, "What can we do this?" And he's, yeah, he's like, yeah. "It's like that, Tally." He well, was. I don't know if it was him or Billy Billy McKinley, but he was like that, guiding him, saying, "You do this, you do yeah. that." And they were like, "Yeah, come on, we can." You can see the confidence in him now, yeah. and I think we're definitely in, we're definitely in safe hands. Right, so now we're gonna have to go into the women's team. Uh, it's been postponed. <laughs> oh god! There I was going to give it a, give it the big one, and it's all been postponed. Yeah, I think the I think the reserves won as well um, today. Um, but the ladies, it's their Staffordshire, it's Sheffield, sorry Sheffield Cup. So we were supposed to be playing Sheffield and there and there. What are we doing in the Sheffield Cup and Staffordshire? No, the yeah they must be playing a separate tournament, so they're playing theirs. So it would be like Wednesday, once it's oh, Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, yeah. well, I think it's FC Sheffield, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So as H says at work all the time, the oldest team in the world. <laughs> What which which, which nobody's bitter to me because I'm sick of it for what 200 odd years, no 100 odd years Stoke have been the second oldest team in the league but then as soon as Notts County get relegated everybody's kicking off, no Nottingham Forest were older yeah. even though they weren't in the original first ever football league yeah, but if that's all you're all clutching at straws about on it, about your football team then yeah but to be fair that's all we had <laughs> that's all we had let's be honest we're not gleaming with trophies are we well then yeah. <laughs> except auto glass trophy we've worn it two times yeah I mean I've seen our trophy and that, that perfectly leads into Mark's story the Watney Cup the Watney Cup yeah an historic trophy in many ways it is I mean I don't understand why it gets a bit of bad press here because I mean, it was the first tournament that was spot like a sponsored trophy. First ever sponsored trophy, yeah. Plus, as well, it was a good trophy because they tried new rules back then. So they had the first penalty shootout in the Watney Cup. Yeah, the but first ever professional penalty shootout took place in the Watney Cup. Yeah, uh, I mean, they are classing it as like a, a pre-season tournament as such. Yeah, it's a pre. It was a pre-season tournament, but it was. It it, it was a trialist because not long after that, the Taxico Cup came out, and then. I think not long after that the Anglo-Italian came up, but that was a long-running one. But it's not only that, offside's rule was, was played with in the Watney Cup as well. Yeah, for the first I mean, time. it was in the penalty area, um, which, I mean, you'd have to be pretty late, just stand, standing in the opposite <laughs> box all the time. Get out of that box, you're outside. It was eight teams, and it was two from each division, from the top division. Yeah, yeah, it's most goals, and yeah. whoever got in Europe, and I think whoever scored the most goals. Goals, yeah, because the season we won it, we finished 15th the season before. Yeah. But uh, West Ham had finished 6th. Yeah. So we must have scored a fair few goals in that season. Yeah. The, and they the, must have just played. played yeah, I don't know how we got in. So but saying that, I think Europe had a bigger impact on us, didn't it, that season? I think losing. Banksy as well had a big big effect and then of course the season after we won it uh, Hudson came in and I think Shilton did as yeah, well yeah I mean obviously as well 
I mean, the finals played at Stoke. I mean, where else? What other trophy would you get at home time? The, the, the only thing that annoys me about that is that Stoke were the last team win it. Stoke were the final team to win the Watney Cup. Yeah. Which for me means they should keep the trophy, the actual Watney Cup. Yeah. But it's it's actually in the Derby County Trophy Cabinet. Just, which well, strange or at least you have a copy of it don't you yeah I think we have got a copy in the in the trophy in the shelf, the shelf in the shelf in the shelf the ball I mean there's not many in it is there but it, it was a it was a big thing at the day my dad talked about it he said that like, what, we won the Watney Cup and I was like when I was about 7 or 8 thinking what the hell's the Watney Cup but then when you look into it it's actually got a lot of history behind it the thing is I mean a lot of people when VAR come out and goal line technology and, and things like that have of questions saying, well, we should have done this, we should... Well, that's no different than when the Watley Cup was on. They've used it as a as a platform for, say, let's trial a penalty shootout, let's yeah. trial the offside rule. And there was probably people sitting there, back in the day, reading the paper going, offside rule, it'll never work. Yeah, they, they always you know will I mean? and Every Everybody, every kind of decision that they made. I mean, you can go back to Stoke history. There's, I know there's something back in the past that we'll probably cover in another thing where... I think fouls didn't exist. That fouls didn't exist then. It was like you just played and poofed. <laughs> but you're talking like the 1890s, this was. Yeah. And there was no such thing as a penalty. Yellow cards didn't exist. Yeah. Red cards didn't exist. And you, when you think back, it must have been barbaric. I'd be punching yeah. people in the face and just getting away with it and I stuff mean, like that. I remember my dad saying about when he was a kid watching it and you could pass the ball back. To the goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, you could do. Yeah. And, and he was showing me a game once, and I was thinking nothing's actually happened in this game for a long time. Because every time the defence are under pressure, just pass it back to the keeper, and picks it back up again. Well, it's like another thing that you, everyone forgets about, which happened in our lifetime, was the rule of indirect free kicks inside the box. They yeah. still have. Remember Alan Shearer scoring from one when I was young. Yeah, absolutely. Happened. But they've it gone now. They've yeah. gone now because it just—it's just a penalty now. Yeah. And it's—and it, it's a better thing for football, really. I know it was funny. Like he had eleven players behind the line. Yeah. Got Brilliant one hanging off the ball. Like, yeah. <laughs> if he gets it high, let me in the head. But it, it, it was funny to watch. But it, it didn't make sense. It was a stupid decision. Yeah, because all that time score anyway. So yeah. So. It, it, it is a, for me sometimes when these rules come in but look how important they are now to the game and it was all started in the Watney Cup penalty shootouts began in the Watney Cup yeah. offsides began in the Watney Cup the, other th- the thing is in all my life every decision I've seen that's changed over the years there's not many that I disagree with I mean the only one I've always disagreed with is the offside of people being like a fingernail or something. Yeah, that, the new VAR, that, that, that has yeah. to be fixed. I mean, it should the, still be daylight. It's the, always daylight years it, ago. It, or in an advanced position. If he's in a yeah. wrong position, in like the defender has been flat-footed, yeah. and the striker's like, I don't yeah. know, half a body offside, that makes sense to me then. But when it's like a fingernail, and yeah. some, some, of the, some of the times I've looked at these VAR decisions, the striker's actually in the wrong position. He's like he's got to turn and yeah. then start running, while the defender's got the better position. Yeah. So he's still had a lot to do, and that's yeah. so there's no advantage there. And for me, that has to has to be brought in. But do you not think as well? Maybe with rule changes, I think they should only be allowed to change our rule once every five years or something. Because the problem is, each year they might slightly tweak it here and there, different rules, and then it gets to the point where you think. 
Nobody knows what's actually going on here. What 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 yeah. the actual legislation or something? The, the thing that always annoys me about it is like now, if you look in the Premier League, everyone scores a goal, but no one celebrates till like, till it gets the all clear, and then it's like way. Yeah, it's, really, 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 it's yeah. like the Sergio Aguero moment, for example, at Man City. Imagine that now. Yeah. <laughs> like ninety, like last kick of the game, bang, yeah. they've won the title, off. and it's like wait. Yeah, yeah, that's a goal. That's a goal. It's like, po- po- possible foul uh, on the other side of the <laughs> possible offside. Just yeah. check, and it, it, it does sort of dampen the game. But we do need VAR because, for example, the West Brom game. Yeah, as, as well. I mean, with the elbow. Yeah, yeah, it, it, we could have benefited. Where we might have been sent off again. Yeah. It would have been early in the game. We could have probably comfortably won three 0 or something. Yeah, it, it, there's points of it, but at the same time. They rely on it too heavily. I do think maybe it's like the tennis thing, isn't it, where you get three calls. The problem is they're calling a foul on the halfway line sometimes. Yeah, so it's, VAR yeah. is like, well, it's not gaining anything. Yeah, by yeah, unless it's a, a, a serious foul. Hey, or the what's it one always used to make me laugh when they changed the goal scoring when you were through on goal years ago. You could be through on goal, but you you only just crossed the halfway line and send you off. Yeah. And then they said, oh no, he's got the clear goal scoring opportunity. And I always remember one at Anfield where someone ran through for Liverpool. He clearly took him out and he booked him, but he just gave him a yellow. And they were all going, well, it's red. And they go, yeah, we want to score from well, that. The and you're thinking, well, you're making the decision whether or not he'd score from that position. Yeah. Well, the worst one I saw was the League Cup final when Martin O'Neill was managing Villa, when Villa had a good side. And I think it was Agbonahor got clear. And I think it was Phil Jones or you know, Vedic, somebody somebody brought him down and it was a penalty and he was the last man. But he gave him a yellow card. That's what I like about VAR now, because it, it destroys this this big club. The doubt the doubt thing as yeah, well. Yeah, it's the big club yeah. mentality where if that was the other way around, the villa man would have walked and you know he would have got the penalty and everything. Yeah. So for me VAR's got rid of that now. So yeah. You know when Ferguson won all these titles because he had all the refs in his pocket? <laughs> That's a joke, by the way. He, he, did, he didn't. Oh, <laughs> obviously he didn't, except Howard Webb. But, <laughs> but the, the thing is with it, that there's always been a bias towards the bigger club. And it's always it's been clear in the tables. And if you notice, since VAR, Palace are up there. Wolves yeah, are up there. Leicester and up since, there. Yeah. And Leicester are up there. The VAR's come in. So if you remember that season when... West Ham finished fifth when they had Piat and they were literally on fire. If you remember the last five six games, the decisions going against West Ham were horrendous. Yeah. And the thing is that VAR coming in destroys that. And and you know West Ham when they miss out on the Champions League, and I think it was the same year Leicester won the title. Wanted, I think it was something. It was a strange year. Yeah. And it basically it stopped West Ham getting the Championship because in the Champions League because it was a. They were that clear cut. I mean, there was like two penalties that weren't given. There was a red card on one point, and it's like the, the good thing I like about VAR is it does make it fair. There's no bias towards it now. It's it's to me it might pay itself off when you get one of those games where it's last game of the season and a team has to win and there's a blatant penalty. Well, you've got to keep some up or they go down because you've seen it before. You don't see it very often now. A lot of the times, it gets towards the end of the season, they're going, they're already relegated, they're already relegated, they need an 11 goal swing, stay up. Well, yeah, it's that's normally done and dusted, but in the past, you've seen it where they're like, they only need to win, they need to win and better someone's results. And then they go, we've got a penalty in 90 minutes, and it's a blatant penalty, they don't give it, and you think, 
That's cost them how it's, much it's, money. It's, it's cost, cost them a lot of money. And sometimes it's cost the club everything. And it's yeah. like if you, if you think about it with the fairness and stuff like that, it, it will make a big difference to the bottom man at the top. And it's it's clear to see with like United struggling behind Wolves. I mean, Wolves are nearly chasing Chelsea for the fourth spot now. Yeah. Crystal Palace are chasing for the Europa League, and, and years ago you wouldn't have had this because decisions would have gone against them. And and. The VAR gets rid of that now, it makes it fairer. We're moaning about little bits, but the little bits that they can change. Next season, they, they'll look at that offside rule and go, right, let's change it where it's a clear chance. If he, if his body's in the right position or yeah. whatever, then you see it's, problems, then, it's just it's just it's, it's new to the league. Yeah. It's, it's gonna, but eventually it will benefit the league, it really will. I mean, it is worth watching, really, the top league at the moment, because... It has become really competitive. I mean, I bet the big ones hate the fact that it's not Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea. But that, that's how it should be. But it, it should be. It should become be. a competitive league. But I mean, you can guarantee these big clubs will sack the managers here and there because they're going, well, they're not doing too well. What they're forgetting is, is you can look at most teams in that top division now and go, I'd take him, I'd take him, I'd take him, I'd take him. Well, Every team's got a core group of players where you can say, you know, they've got. Sometimes you used to have in the Prem, especially when Stoke were in the Prem, you'd play some teams and go, they've only really got him in midfield and up front. And they go and eat season through. They're just an average team. Well, now you look at most teams. Look at Leicester. Yeah. There's some great young lads They've got through. a great team, Leicester. Yeah. They were so well run. And when people come up to me and go, oh, well, Stoke can't do that. Well, I just, in the instance that we go is, well, Leicester have done it. Yeah, it's, it's and, possible. And, and Leicester, let's be honest, I don't think they've been in the Premier League 10 years yet. No. Look at them now, they've won it and are going to get in the Champions League again. So yeah. you're looking at it. But the reason why I think it's better for football and why we're having such an exciting Premier League season this year is because of VAR. I mean, if you look at the Champions League at the moment, the reason why the Champions League's boring and nobody's watching it is because it's tiered. So the top top tier teams yeah. get first, the second lot of tiers get into the second place, third set go in there and the fourth go in there. So you just look at that and that's exactly how the table normally finishes. That yeah. top team's top, second, third, fourth, maybe you get a bit of a swap round with second and first, yeah. but it's it, it's boring. Yeah. Like years ago in the Champions League, in the 90s, when United won it, so when it was dead entertaining, sometimes you could get Juventus and Milan in the same group. Yeah. Or you get like United, Juventus, Barca. and you get such an exciting Champions League yeah. group stages, and they've ruined it yeah. all because of money, and they want the big clubs automatically go through all the yeah, time. They want to make and it's like the, the rule of financial fair play. It's just stopping English clubs becoming richer and jumping in with the rest of them, and they don't like it. They want yeah. the same people because they've got the fan base. Yeah. But what they don't understand is, look at Manchester City ten years ago. They were no, well over ten years ago. They were yeah. nobodies, absolute nobodies. But now they're a five-time Premier League win and they've won an FA Cup, they're getting into semi-finals of the Champions League. But what they, what's not fair is them and Chelsea have been able to do it, but say if Denise Coates does jump on and goes, right, I want to make Stoke a team that can compete with all the rest. We can't because we because she can't put that money in that Chelsea and Man City yeah. can't do. Yeah. So the thing is for financial play, fair play, it helps in ways, but the problem is for me, I've said it many <coughs> times, it keeps the rich teams rich and it keeps the poor teams poor. Yeah. So it's the same faces all the time. And it, for me, it makes the Champions League boring. But what's good for the Premier League is VAR's come in and it's sorted all their marvels out. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with financial fair play too much. Because the thing is, if, you, if you're lucky enough as a fan to have a new owner and who's got the money for, for doing this, what they needed to do with the financial side was the vetting needed to be better with new owners. 
Because the problem is, people are coming in and, and the FA was saying, well, he's been properly vetted, he's the right sort of guy. And he go, and then they'd sink the club. And I know that's got a lot to do with it. They wanted people to be a bit more structural, structurally minded with what they spent. Because the problem is, they've had loads of them. Emmett Watts hit him at Birmingham. He destroyed Birmingham, didn't he? Yeah, he Molly destroyed him. Premier League, steady Premier League side. There's no vetting there. There's no vetting doing with him. Right. Well, it's not only that, because sometimes they can come in and do a good job. There's yeah, quite a can, few. Yeah. But the problem is, it's after when they lose interest. That's where the vetting needs to come in and go, right, you're not investing, you're ruining the club now, we're going to have to move you out, so we're going to have yeah. to let you, let you go from the club and sell it all. But it's hard because it's a business and the legal side comes into it then. Yeah, because then, then, it, then it becomes like, because it, it's a, if you own a club, there's not really a lot, you can, they own everything. Yeah, they, they own, own the, the club. So, like I say, with, with um, the Watney Cup, it's had, it had, it had a great impact on the league. And the fact is that, I know we, we're clutching at straws of a trophy to win, but at the time it, it was really, really... Well, it was good for them teams in the fourth division as well. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It, was, it would have been like a, another version of a League Cup. Within, like a cup in final for that, yeah. Well, some of them won it. I think the third tier, Colchester won the trophy. Yeah, second Colchester time. won it, yeah. All got in the final twice, and they were a League One club yeah. at the time. So it had, a bit, it had a big interest, and I think they beat United to win the trophy on penalties. I think all lost... Um, like I say, uh, but another little mention this week, um, birthday birthday boy this week who won the Watney Cup, uh, Mike Pedrick played. Yeah, Pedge the Ledge. Pedge the Ledge. 70, the big 7 though. Legend he was at Stoke. Yeah, um, it's been his birthday, it was his birthday on Friday, so. And, well, it's this weekend, so we'll talk about it, a positive, positive podcast this week. Yeah. And uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. He's still with us and he still does his bits on Radio Stoke and yeah. still in love with the Marty Potters. Hopefully, Lawrence will still be there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Matt Pedro was Stoke, he wants to go to Newcastle, wants yeah. to go to Newcastle under Lyme and loves yeah. the club. Yeah, it's been a good week for Stoke all round. On it's, had, it's been a good week, and that's why we've had a pod, positive podcast. It's gone on a bit long, but I think sometimes when you've got a, a good week, you might as well talk about the positives. Yeah, um, and hopefully a long way to continue, really. Yeah, that's it. I, th- I think we're in safe hands now. I think we're in safe hands, and I have to give cre- a bit of credit to Tony Scholes this week for his contract negotiations with Tyrus Campbell, because it could have easily gone the wrong way. Yeah, it could have. It could have gone, it could have gone pear-shaped, but... Um, I think the fans might relax a little bit now because I noticed as well on Saturday there wasn't that hostility with the fans. The fans have calmed down a bit yeah, now. It was, it, was, it was a very good atmosphere this week. So all we have to say now is come on, Stelok. Uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you share it and get it out there, the people, if you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for listening. Ta-ra. All the best.